Welcome to Indie Pioneers, a podcast by Cosmetic Design Asia. Joining us today is Joanna Monange, the revolutionary behind Maison 21G, a bespoke perfumery based in Singapore. Launched in 2019, the brand has been growing at a rapid pace with two new retail outlets, an outpost in Australia, and more expansion plans on the horizon. On this episode, Joanna shares her valuable insight into the consumer journey in retail, e-commerce, while discussing the changing world of perfumery. Okay, Joanna, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and your lovely inviting me to your lovely store. I don't even remember the last time we were here. It was the day that they announced the circuit breaker. <laughs> no, no, and thanks. We are out now, alive. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely a lot has happened for you since that, that lockdown period. And before, but we'll get to that. A lot of exciting things are happening. But why don't we start by telling the listeners a bit about yourself and a bit about your brand. I'm Joanna Monod, I'm the founder of Maison 21G, which is a completely revolutionary concept in perfumery. Uh, the purpose of the brand, the why of the brand is to help you to create your bespoke perfume. Uh, I've been working in the perfume industry my whole life as a, a designer. I was working for the, the big brand, uh, for IFF Yamanish. And uh, um, I think this industry has lost a bit uh, its soul because you, you work with a designer, you start from a beautiful creative idea, and then you need to do all this consumer test uh, because the big group, we own the brand, they, they need to push a scent that will please at the same time the French, mm. the American, now the Chinese, the Japanese. Uh, so it's becoming very complex to do one fits whole. And we always end up doing this floral, fruity, gourmand that everybody likes. Mm. But nobody will love it, nobody will hate it. And mm. if you go back to uh, 1921 when uh, Coco launched her own uh, number five, she didn't care about what people think. She's a creative person. She's, she picked in the bottle what she wanted, and it was the same for YSL, for Carven, for all these very famous designers who were creating the trends in, in the perfumery. And I think it has disappeared today, perfumery. I decided to break through and to start this uh, amazing company, uh, which is a, a completely new journey for everybody, uh, even for my team, for myself and for the consumer, because we developed this uh, technology. It's called La Source, and it allows you to take the essence, the concentrate of perfume, and to dilute it into a bottle of perfume within 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So we're a bit the Nespresso of perfume. Mm -hmm. So I work with psychological and artificial intelligence to uh, nail down some scent that can fit your personality. Mm. Uh, you, I'm, we're going to ask you questions. So actually, the, the consumer journey starts with you, who you are, where do you come from, yeah. what is your nationality, what is your age, what you, is your skin color. And then I would be able to advise you the right uh, ingredient according to all these specificities. So it's a quiz that you develop with a psychologist. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of nail down what exactly exactly is a scent that will match their personality. Exactly. And what is amazing is we do also machine learning because the more you create, the more you learn about the, the city you live. So. For instance, uh, I, I'm living in Singapore, as you know, and I found out Singaporeans love mimosa and muguet and rhubarb mm. and even cannabis. And these scents are very rare in the perfumery. You see a lot of rose, you see a lot of jasmine, you see a lot of... Nobody talks about mimosa. It's a beautiful ingredient from the south of France. It's completely forgiven uh, and forgotten. And, and, and Singaporeans love it, so there is no brand now that knows Mimosa will be a very successful perfume if you launch it in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And when I go to Sydney, uh, so we have this 
huge collection of 44 cents. In Sinde, they love the smell of the ocean. They love sandalwood. They love wood. They love tuberous. They like strong scent because I think they are more outdoor people. And I don't know why. They like strong things. And, and, and Brown have no idea that. So the beauty of this business model is you really know your cost, your customer where you are. It's really, a, it's, it could be a global model, but it could be a, a very local model where you can adapt your collection to the nationality, to the people, to the city, to the weather, because I'm, I'm sure also the needs will evolve according to the weather. Okay. So just to make it short, sorry, <laughs> it took a lot. So the purpose of the, the brand Maison 21G is to encapsulate the scent of your soul in the 21 gram bottle. As, as you know, there is a beautiful story that say where when you die, you lose exactly 21 gram, and it's supposed to be the weight of your soul uh, coming out. You know, were you were you worried a bit about opening two more stores right now during this this kind of? Uh, no, I think it's it's the right time because uh, a lot of retailer are looking for new experience for their consumers. I was saying I, w I was very surprised to be called by Iron. There is a huge waiting list to enter in Iron, especially. Uh, and the floor I am because we are just next to the subway. Correct. Uh, so you have all the big brands, the, the Dior, the Chanel, the YSL, and I, I, I was a bit surprised. I know the square meter is super expensive there and yeah. I would never afford it. For, but for people who don't know, Iron Orchard is kind of like the premier shopping destination in Singapore. It's like yeah. in, in Asia. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a masterpiece of architecture. The, the, the whole concept is, is, I think for me, it's one of the best uh, shopping mall in the world. I would say the experience is quite amazing when you stop in Singapore. It's something you have to see. Retail itself is changing already it's, and it's changing really quickly. So how, how must companies like um, or brands adapt to this? Uh, I think it's it has to be a consumer-centric approach. You have to understand what your consumer wants, what makes him happy. And to be honest, in the beginning, my concept has evolved a lot. And I say my shop is my lab. Uh, instead of having R&D, I think a lot of brands should consider to have their marketing people spending more time in the shop. Because you observe, you talk to the people, you connect with them, you see what makes them happy, what makes them hungry. Uh, so all this learning needs to be processed after by the marketing team to adjust. Uh, people are, are hungry to try new things, but we, nobody takes time really with you when, when you go in the shop to buy clothes or to buy perfume or to buy makeup. And it needs to change. With COVID, I think when people go outside, they really want to take care of them. They really want to have an experience. When you enter in a shop to buy a perfume, you don't know what to choose. And, and for us, they are in a funnel. And it's their journey, it's their choice. And at the end, they always buy. We have like 95% of, of conversion, which is massive. And um, you've been very successful in managing to sell perfumes online, which yes. is one of the <coughs> million dollar questions that I think some of the biggest companies are still trying to figure out. Yeah, I, I, you know, what is, obviously it's... Can you explain a bit more like what are the elements that made you so successful in the online that, the That's online true. Store? I mean, when we decided to build this uh, this website saying we're going to sell bespoke perfume online, it's not like <laughs> a, a made perfume that you know. Uh, everybody thought we were crazy. Um, it, it was difficult at the beginning. And it's why we developed uh, two techniques. Um, so we find out people want to try before to buy, which is normal. So we developed this mini roll-up where you have your recommendation at the end and you can buy the perfume for $80 or you can have a, a roll-on of $20. So if they buy a roll-on and the quality is there, mm -hmm. and then we see people coming back, buying the big bottle. 
And, and, and then it works because people try, love it, they come back, they talk to their people. So first of all, they, they need to have the possibility to try a small quantity. Second things, uh, we see a lot of drop-off in, in the basket. And then we develop this uh, technique. It's, it's a new technology, very simple. You buy now, you pay later. So we take your credit card number and you have one week to return. And I think it, we were inspired by the fashion industry with doing that where you can order a dress, you don't like it, you put it back. Why not doing the same thing with, for a perfume? Uh, and we, we put this uh, system in place by now pay later. And we had less than one percent of return. So but I think it's just the fact to reassure the people at the end. Yeah, you, you can make a mistake and you won't pay for it. It's okay. <laughs> So, as you know, the perfume world has changed so much. You know, it's no longer about big brands, no longer about the model in the in the advertisement. We have in the last few years, we've seen so many niche brands coming up. You know, and things like like you mentioned, transparency, sustainability. These are all like you know big issues. And of course, we've had a lot of, like fragrance houses um, coming up to do with like a lot of technology. You know, big data, artificial intelligence. So, with all of these key elements, um, how must the industry rethink fragrance design? work with your time with the technology you have you can't stay very traditional just having a nose working on an id putting it on the shelf and waiting is going to sell i think every brand has the same challenge you, you should um, include the, the, the digital aspect in your brand is very important the experience and the sustainable aspect i think uh, the consumer is really waiting for you what, what do you do for the planet what do you do to have less waste so it, i think we need to be conscious about the the the, the packaging part we, we had another podcast on that and everybody's saving money i mean it's in and everybody's saving the planet so why we don't all work in, in, in this way so I think we need to be very conscious about that. And the third point is how you source your product. Uh, so for, as you know, natural is very important and most of the natural now are in poor country. Your vanilla, your ilang is coming from Madagascar. Your vetiver is coming from Haiti, which is a very poor country. Uh, patchouli is made in, in Indonesia. Ginger is made in Africa. So still a lot of uh, rose has been moved to Turkey or Romania. So you see it's all poor countries, so you need to make sure that uh, the people are treated well, you know, when they work for the perfume industry. So it's why I only work with the laboratoire Monique Rennie of IFF, because I know they are a very sustainable, very sustainable brand. Monique Rennie was one of the most famous women in the perfume industry. She built this sustainable uh, buying system, uh, keeping the same price for the, the people working on the ingredient, whatever. You know, it's a raw material, so the price can can increase or they can really go down so she guarantee a price to the to the people who are working for her so i think it's very important you source the ingredient with the right person and, and not going through a lot of intermediaries and, and the people who are doing the work get very little cut on it so uh, it's why you need to choose your partner well uh, for the sourcing of your ingredients that's very important oh, thank, you. thank you so much for sitting down and taking time to sit with you, me you must be coming and thank you for always your very interesting question uh, it's this has been amanda for cosmeticdesignasia.com join me again for another episode of indie pioneers to learn about the amazing people behind asia pacific's beauty brands